All right, welcome to episode five of the Dead Three Coaching Podcast. My name is George Evie, and I'm your host for this podcast. And excited to get this one out to you today, very early in the morning uh, after the holiday weekend. And really excited about this episode and some of the content. We're really actually this morning wasn't quite sure where we would be going with this episode and what we would be covering. Um, but some things intersected me, and I'm, I'm always kind of looking for a leadership story, leadership lesson, um, something to move, you know, move my needle a little bit, inspire me to get me moving and all that. Um, so a number of things that I have uh, kind of top of mind, but let's get, let, let me, let me do some just kind of uh, housekeeping real quick. Really appreciate all the support every week, uh, every release, every um, time we, we put out a podcast, uh, the feedback we receive, the, uh, the numbers, the metrics, uh, the things I kind of geek out on to show improvement continue to go up. So really appreciate that. Um, received a gift this week. This, this, <laughs> this is funny to me, right? My dad who lives in Sun Valley, Idaho has never listened to a podcast, never. And I sent him a link to uh, um, our podcast and he listened to uh, the first one that we had and, and uh, you know, just love him. A, a great, great person, great mentor, all this sort of stuff. Right. And, um, you know, he immediately pings me back and say, you know, and showered me with some shine and some praise it was appreciated. Um, but he was like, Hey, I've never listened to a podcast before, but one hour is too long. So, so I laughed and said, yes, I know an hour is long. I tend to get long winded and maybe say the same thing over and over again, maybe with a different uh, context or whatever it might be. Right. Uh, and so I'm looking at right now, a countdown clock that, uh, that my dad had sent me that shows, uh, uh, a countdown of 40 or 45 minutes. So if I get there and it buzzes, um, but I think he wanted to keep me on point, <laughs> for uh, making sure I don't go too far over. So the, the idea of keeping it 40 minutes, but really appreciate it. This is what I, I would really, uh, my ask for the day um, is twofold. One, I do share these on LinkedIn. I appreciate the people that like them. Uh, I, I really appreciate the people that uh, comment on them to, to get a conversation going with me and, and a perspective on the, uh, the content of that episode. So when you see this on LinkedIn, that's the best way to track me down as well. When you see this on LinkedIn, if you could please like and comment on it, it really helps us uh, build this uh, brand, build this podcast up. But more so, if you wouldn't mind just clicking the share button and sharing it out amongst your network so we can continue to grow the audience. That's the number one way for me to grow my audience is for you all to share this on LinkedIn. So really appreciate that uh, support if you could do that for me. <clears throat> and... Um, and, and all the other support that we've received, it's really been appreciated. The conversations I'm having, I, I do appreciate, um, you know, those that uh, have taken the time to reach out to me on LinkedIn and send me some notes and, you know, people talking about their word of the year and things of that nature. So it's been really good. So to kind of jump into this episode, because my, my clock that my dad has bought me is burning down right now. So we're, we're at 36 minutes. We'll see how quick we can get to this, right? So I, I didn't know really where to head with this episode, right? I normally don't. I, I, again, if you have listened to this uh, in my old podcast, Out From The Cube, which is probably still up 200 or so, or not 200, maybe 160, 170 episodes up there. We did that for four or five years. Um, I actually enjoy this challenge of starting something new. But the, the thing I want to focus on today is the idea of failure and struggle, right? And so let me ask you this question, and, and only you can answer it if you're driving around, um, going to work or whatever it might be, and you're listening to this, however you consume this content. It's January 17th. 
It's January 17th. We are 17 days in. This is how I choose to look at my year. It doesn't always work out. I forget it at some point. It doesn't become important to me. It's not top of mind. It's not in my plan or whatever it might be, right? But we have, we have, we have one book. And if you look at it, look at you like close your eyes, visualize, put it in your head, the cover of your book and have it say your name, George Evian, 2023. That's the book. That's the book. 2022 just closed. That book's over. 2023. There's 12 chapters in this book. And each chapter is about 30 pages. Right? So we've got a 352, 306, whatever it is, right? Page book. Right? And now you're 17 pages in to chapter one. Right? So is this the same stuff that was in your book of 2022? Is it the same stuff? Or did you start this year out? So my question is, it's page 17. And everything that you were excited about, juiced up about, passionate about, inspired by, moving the needle by, uh, the plan that you had for 2023 in this book on January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, does your book look the same as 2022 on the 17th? And I'm speaking to myself, right? And my wife is great. And she's, she's great at accountability and I know when it's coming. I try to head her off at the pass of, of either changing subjects or acknowledging what she's about to say, et cetera. Right. But I know it's coming, which is great. Right. It's absolutely great. Um, it's, it's not always great when it's like five in the morning. Right. But it's great. Right. Um, but like, and I'm speaking to myself and maybe I'm speaking to you, man, my page 17, page 16, page 15, 14 looks a whole heck of a lot. Like 2022, December, November, it looks the same. You know what I mean? So I ask you this, the goals, ambitions, resolutions, whatever you carved out at the start of your year, are you still going? Are you still rolling? Because you hit failure, like we're going to get into this failure thing, right? And some things that hit me this morning and you're going to hit it. You know, you're going to have an, a bad conversation. You're going to get into an argument. Something's not going to go right at work. You're going to get admonished by your, your boss. You're going to get, your kids are going to be tripping and freaking out. You're going to have all this stuff happen. And then, then like what we tell our players, right? This is a military thing. And, and some of our content and context of the conversation today is military in nature. But the, the idea of you always default to your level of training. So that's why they break you down apparently in the military. I'm not, I'm a military brat in that I was raised in the military, but I'm not a military person. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by military uh, history to a certain extent, um, but really into military leadership and training and things of that nature. I love it. Absolutely love it. Right. But you default. So we tell our players, man, like we, you've got to default to your training. We've got to make this tough. We've got to be detailed. We've got to be locked in. We've got to um, uh, move the needle. We got to get out of our comfort zone. All this, because when things go sideways, we need you to default to greatness and excellence. And we need you to default to still getting things done and execution. Right. So when your default is scrolling through Instagram for two hours a day and Twitter, and when your default is, you know, whatever that you're trying to get, get you know, whatever your vice is, the, the news, right? Um, whatever it might be, right? That when you go through a hard time, the kids, the work, the household, for like whatever it is, whatever just punches you on January 17th, and then you default back to your training, 
to your comfort zone, are you still going on the 17th? Because things were great on January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, right? It's so hard, right? And Ben, ben, uh, you know, ben Newman, who I've talked about in a few of my podcasts, is an inspiration to me, but I continue to just see his Instagram. Now, that's my problem. I see his Instagram in the morning. You know, um, he's got a phrase that he puts out there every single day. Now we go. And now we go. Now we go is his phrase on Instagram. That it, it just sucks that it's at 4.30 in the morning when I'm up, 5 a.m. when I'm up, 5.30 when I'm up, and I'm seeing it on Instagram because I'm sitting there going, geez, like I'm just rolling through Instagram, drinking coffee, right? And that wasn't supposed to happen in 2023. That was a change in my book. That was a change in this chapter. There was a change in the first four or five pages, right? And not that I've had anything significant knock me down to, to my default, but man, it just gets it just gets easier, right? So it's your habits, right? There's so many great books on, on habits, and I, I don't have it here down here uh, in my basement with me, um, Atomic Habits. I want to say the gentleman's name is Cleary. Um, a great book just about building uh, habits and staying locked in on habits and all that. So, so I wanted to start this episode out, I guess, by just getting after my own tale, right? It's like, geez, it's the 17th. What are we going to do? So now we're just going to punt on, on the, the, the 11 chapters that remain and just say, well, shit, this will just be the same as 2022. Or can we be like, can we get to the next level of greatness? right? The last episode we had, episode four, next level of greatness, right? It's okay. There's, when I'm looking at my planner here, there's 11 weeks left in this quarter to get us to January, February, March, April 1st, right? There's 11 more weeks. The story's not over. This, this chapter's not over, right? And the book's not written yet. And there's still a lot, there's still a lot of context to what's going on for this year. So, you know, wake up, get inspired. You know, this, this, this planner that I have in front of me is called the full focus planner. I get it on Amazon every quarter. It's a quarterly planner, every page at the top, looking at it right now, your morning rituals. Did you knock out your morning rituals? Did you knock out your morning rituals? And in the front of the book, it's got, what are your morning rituals? What are you doing at four, five, six, seven, eight a.m. to set the table for that bookend, to set the table to have a kick-ass day and to get after it. What are you doing? I'm certain that if we were to look at this and look at high achievers, people crushing it in the business world, the athletic world, the sport world, whatever it might be, I'm sure they're not starting their day out with a whole bunch of Instagram, Twitter, and whatever, and Facebook, whatever it is. Yeah, and And I just bring that up because that's something I'm struggling with. Now, it's also, um, I, you know, there's a gentleman named um, uh, Dana Cavalea, Cavalia, okay? And he was on my old podcast. He is a former strength and conditioning coach for the New York Yankees when they were killing it and winning World Series championships. He was on my podcast. We connect on LinkedIn. We talk every once in a while. He was on my friend Ed Milet's podcast, not Ed Milet, Ed Molitor's podcast. Outstanding guy. And I'm reading through his Neg like he had three or four things on LinkedIn that he's cutting out. And one of them is like, I'm not on my phone from, you know, uh, from um, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. 7 p.m. It gets shut down and at 7 a.m. It fires back up. Right. And I've talked to people that are elite performers that say I don't touch my phone until like 9 or 10 a.m. I don't touch it. 
and my mornings are mine. So anyway, I don't know how that impacts you, but I guess the only thing I would encourage you to look at is this, is we're 17 pages in to chapter one. Are you still killing it? Do you still have a plan? Still doing the same thing? How are we moving the needle? What are we doing to get better? How are you still inspired? What do you need to do? What adjustments do you need to make? Who do you need to talk to? Who do you need to be accountable to? Like all that. Like, and that's all on me. It's all on me. So this is a podcast, you know, really just for me and my continuing learning and, and passions with leadership, personal development, getting sucking the most out of life, you know, all this sort of stuff. Right. Um, and what we can do. And it's been a great start to the year, but man, it can be better on me. It can be better on me. Then it's been really good. Right. So the, the thing, the other thing that impacted that uh, uh, intersected me and my thoughts and my content and uh, the notes that I took early this morning are uh, there was a video that popped up on tw Twitter, uh, on Twitter. Right. So maybe you know, it's figuring out the time to consume the content. But anyway, I was watching this video on Twitter of Mike Krzyzewski. Coach K is the all time winningest coach in the history of college basketball. He was the head coach at Duke from like 1982 to last year. This is the first year that he's not the head coach at Duke. Five or six national championships, you know, 1,100, 1,200 wins, something like that. And regarded as a, a one of the better leaders uh, out there. And he was speaking um, at, at an event and he was talking about failure. And there's some, and I've got five bullet points here. The first thing he said, and now understand he's a West Point graduate. So he was a cadet. He graduated high school, you know, 18, 19 years old, whatever it would be back then. Back then, um, you know, I guess it's always 18. Um, and he enrolled and, and was admitted to West Point. And so he was at the academy. And while he's at the academy, he said, they break you down. They break you down. And that's part of it. We all know that, right? But the thing he said was that they are changing Changing your limits is the phrase you use. Changing a limit, changing your limits, right? So that's probably the title of this podcast. How do we change our limits, right? And he says the, the Academy did an amazing job of changing our limits and changing the limits that you have in your head, right? So it's this idea, yeah, they're going to break you down, but it's the, uh, even the same idea of the you default to your training. So you default to your training and those are your limits. Like I can do this. I can do this. I can't run seven days a week. I can only run two. I'm actually not a runner. So I'm not going to be going this weekend or actually this week. And I'm going to go five, six days. I'm going to slip into bad habits. So those are my limits. And I've got to, I've, me personally, George has to change my limits, right? So it's about changing your limits, but it's the, it's the worry about the failures is what he says. When you are changing limits, when you are changing habits, when you are changing behaviors, rituals, routines, there's going to be failure with that. So maybe it's, man, I haven't run in a week. And I had these great plans for the new year to get 20 miles in a week or 15 miles in a week. And I wanted to get this many miles in by the end of January. And I wanted to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. I wanted whatever it might be. I wanted to do CrossFit. I wanted to eat a healthier diet. I didn't want to do fast food. I didn't want to whatever. I wanted to read every single day. I wanted to journal every day, like whatever it is. Right. And those are all of mine or not all. Those are some of mine, many of mine. Right. So there's failure in that. You default to your level of training. Right. But it's called changing a limit. And this is what he says. And this is me as a parent, but he says, and I'm, I'm reading the notes here. 
It's called changing a limit. Parents today don't allow their kids to change their limits. And he goes on to say they're worried about them failing instead of learning. Right? So, yes, very parent child specific, right? But I would also suggest that's us in our teams, right? But he goes on like I'm sitting around, you know, thinking military, thinking West Point, thinking the academy and Coach K and thinking all that when it's actually our teams. But then you, like the aggressive nature of an academy and of West Point and the Army, is that also, you know, we can't do that professionally. We can't sit there and, and uh, you know, and get after our uh, the people that work for us in that manner, right, at all, right? But, but that's not the intent here. So even though it's directed at parents, but it's how can we create an environment that we can change a limit that we have that our team might have our individuals might have the people we're mentoring might have and how can we get them to their next level of greatness by changing their limit how they view themselves their comfort zone and um and get them to move out of that so changing a limit and the worry of failure right failure so this is what he said because this is really important right he he, he says that you've got to have this safe place where it's okay to fail so I just, I'm thinking professionally right now, not necessarily just athletically, but professionally. If we had an environment where we had leaders that were working to change the limits, and let's just call it limiting beliefs, right? These limiting beliefs that we have, because that's a Tony Robbins phrase that's been around for a while, and you've heard me say before if you've listened to our notes, right? So you've got to change this limiting belief of what you think you're capable of and where you're at and what, you're, and what you, the, your default is. And where your level of where you when things go sideways, your level of training, where you're at mentally. So we've got to change that. With that comes failure. So if you're afraid to fail, are you afraid of the consequences? Are you afraid of the admonishment? Are you afraid of the embarrassment? Are you are are you afraid of what it does to you mentally, like personally? Like I don't need anybody to tell me anything. I just know I suck at the guitar, and I'm not going to do it anymore. Or I suck at running. Or I suck at developing this plan or I suck at this. And so I'm just not going to do it anymore because of how it makes me feel. Instead, can we as leaders, can you as leaders that are running your teams, can you create an environment that you knock down the barriers of limiting beliefs? And then can you create an environment where it's okay to fail? Right. I, and we do a lot of basketball more than we should. Nah, that's not true. There's never there's no, there's never a time where you are doing basketball not enough right um i say that jokingly but with our group we always tell them like if you can't fail here where can you fail in practices like this is a safe place mess up get out of your comfort zone do things you're not comfortable with it this is my opinion and i'll i'll, I'll this is an athletic uh, analogy or story but i will circle it back to the professional world we tell kids, like, what you're working on right now, you're not going to be able to use for a year. Maybe two. Maybe two. But when you get to it, when you can execute it, when you can be confident in it, how much better are you going to be? Because you can't do it now. But if you continue to work on it, if we create a safe place, if you get proper coaching, if you get encouragement and acknowledgement and recognition on something maybe you suck at, we would obviously wouldn't say that to a kid. But if you're a D minus or a D or a D plus at whatever, 
but you continue to, you may not be good at that for two years. So now you're instead of a eighth grader, now you're a 10th grader. But what if you can now do it at a B plus a minus level? How much better are you? Did I create an environment to get you out of your limiting beliefs, to get you to change a limit you have in your head about what you think of yourself, where you're at, where your comfort zone is? Can I create an environment safe enough to let you fail with encouragement? Failing with encouragement and appreciation of getting out of your comfort zone. And then here's the other thing that Coach K said. I really like I, I really like this because we, we you've got to. And then so I guess what I was going to say, I was going to circle back to this being something that you could do professionally. Right. Can you create you've got to create you've got to challenge people to be great. You've got to figure out what their goals and ambitions and desires are and where they want to be. You need to have a plan to help them reach that and keep them accountable to that plan. You need to be able to then circle back to them and have them trust you and have a connection with them so that you can actually give them and solicit to them or have them solicit the, uh, the, the, the feedback they receive, right? That's, that's probably a corrective feedback. Then you've got to be really good at how to give feedback, right? So that they can consume it and, um, uh, and, and move their own needle with that feedback. And then you just got to make sure it's a safe place. Like, man, it's okay. Because imagine, maybe it's not two years to execute a skill in the, in, the, in the work world. Can you imagine in six months, if you just continue to do that? And, and listen, you may not be great at it now. Not saying you're not. You may not be that great at it right now. You may not be where you want to be, need to be, and should be on this right now. But Imagine if you are, let's, let's say you're a C minus right now. What does an A minus look like? What does six months look like? And how can I help you get there? What kind of environment can I, what kind of um, ownership can I give you on this skill, this sale, this project, this whatever, because man, how great is it going to be in October of 2023, October, 10 months from now? when you're crushing it and it's an A minus and you're an expert, it's amazing. So this limiting belief you have now, this passion, interest, desire that you have to, to, to do something, a safe place to do it and an accountability and a leader, a leader that is that you can trust, that you're connected with, that you can get honest feedback and a perspective on to help you get there. Changing a limit. West Point, quoting Coach K again here, West Point is all about changing a limit. What kind of environment do we have to where we raise our standards, raise our expectations, raise the accountability, raise our performance of those we're leading to get them to change? So now their default is, like take our basketball group that we work with. No, like, yeah, it's not it, like one or two people don't show up to shoot in the morning at 6 a.m. Like we, that's what we do. It's what we do. Everybody, when the alarm goes off and it's 5.15 in the morning and it's February and it's negative 10 degrees out and the gym is going to be open in 30 minutes, now we go, to quote Ben Newman again. Now we go. The bed doesn't win. Now we go. Because why? Because that's my default. I changed my limits. I change by changing a limit. 
My limit used to be it's negative 10 out. Bed feels good. It's, it's winter. It doesn't really matter if I miss this one day. This is, um, Ed Milet said this. I'm not going to get this exactly right. And I really like this about confidence. Confidence is holding the promises you make to yourself. That's what he says flat out. That is exactly what confidence is. So you make this commitment of, I'm going to get up every day at 515. I'm going to be out the door at 535. I'm going to be shooting by 550. I'm going to shoot till 650. And I'm going to get cleaned up for school. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it every single day, Monday through Friday. I'm going to take, you know, some time off, et cetera. I'm going to do weekends. I'm going to, but that's what I do. And those are my commitments. And then you don't have any confidence in that, in your shot or the skill that you're trying to perfect. But over time of honoring the commitment you, and the, the honoring the commitment you made to yourself, honoring the schedule you made for yourself, that every single day you're pounding that stone, pounding the rock, and you're moving towards that. Then all of a sudden, when you are skill, when you're not, uh, when you are creating that momentum on your goals and ambitions and desires and where you want to be, October of twenty-three. Now you have not. Now you have the confidence. Now you have confidence. And then the other thing is this that Coach K said that I really like. Failure isn't the destination and you don't do it alone. So the idea was in the army, like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to change, changing. We're going to change. We're changing limits. We're changing your limiting beliefs. We are going to put you in situations where you fail to get to your next level of greatness. And we're going to create an environment where you can do it. Now. I don't know. I can't speak for the, military on creating safe spaces and all that. Cause you make mistakes and you make, you know, and you fail. I'm guessing I'm thinking a full metal jacket where you're just getting screamed and yelled at. I don't know how safe that is, but the military is different. Military is different. Right. But the idea that they said that coach K did say this about the military, you're making these mistakes and you're getting, and you're changing a limit that you have, the team has or whatever, but you're never doing it alone. So the failure, you're never alone. And that's, maybe that's the safe place that they create, but it's really, it doesn't feel like it's safe when maybe you're going through it possibly. Like, hey, I'm going to own that. Like we're owning this together. We're getting better together. And it's the idea of a leader, of a leader creating that environment and of a safe place, but making sure like, hey, your failure is my failure. You're, you're not doing this alone. A sale, a proposal, uh, you know, selling shoes, selling cars, a project that moves the needle that we really need, right? What about the story? I don't know why this stuff pops into my head and I'm looking at my countdown here. I'm going to get this done in 12 minutes, 12 minutes. It'll probably be a loud buzz. What about the idea of when Steph Curry was going after a shoe contract? I don't know if you know the story and I'm not going to get it right. And I, I probably won't even get the things were, uh, the, the, the company's right. But he was like, let's just say it was Adidas and it might've been. So he goes and visits with Adidas. They don't roll out the, like, they don't roll out the red carpet. They don't make them feel like the only person they just, they, they, I think they botched it. it. It was Adidas, maybe somebody else. I think it was Adidas. So he bought, they botched it. They, they thought they had him. Maybe he was already with Adidas and he was getting a renewal on a contract or all that. I, I think they may not have even said Steph Curry. 
they may have like messed his first name up. Um, Steven, like, they, I don't know what they did. I, I, it's been a while since I've read the story, but they botched it. Then he goes to Nike, red carpet, most important person. You're our main guy. Get his name right. Like they were, they did it right. They did it right. And I believe this is true, right? It may have been the other way around. I, I don't know who Steph Curry's with right now. Um, but you mess it up. But it's the idea. What about that situation? Or you, like, you mess it up. Now, that's significant. That's a significant loss if you're Adidas or whomever it is. Or Nike or whoever lost that, that account. And I, and I would agonize over that. And I'd still be agonizing over that. But the idea of... You're not, you, we, we messed up. We didn't do things. We can get better. Our, our, our changing, changing our limits, changing what we can do, changing how we prepare, changing how we facilitate, how our communicate, making sure we're aligned, making sure that we know everything that, that it would take to get this account, get this person. And then you still mess it up. It still doesn't go your way. But if you put everything into it, here's the thing. We said this to our kids the other day at the start of the year, and this was the same way in when I was a college basketball coach. College basketball coach, you're bringing in a bunch of kids you do not know. You know them. You recruited them, and you told them what it was all about, and you watched them play in high school, and they're really good, and you bring them in, and you've done some due diligence on them, and you bring them in. You really you know them, but you don't know them. You don't know what they're like under pressure. You don't know if they're showing up for 6 a.m. shooting or not. Even when they say they are during recruiting, but you don't know if they really are. You don't really know who they are. So typically at the start of a year, it's like, just be like, there's a lot, like it's intense screaming and yelling and, and holding people to, accountable to a standard and, and letting new people know how we work and what we do and all that. Like that's like the start of the year is usually harder. It's typically always harder. Right now, hopefully you have, you know, people that have been around that know your culture, environment, and expectations and standards that they do a lot of that work for you so you don't have to freak out as the leader. But I say this now, like we're, our, it's so much easier to coach and lead people and young men and young ladies and athletes that they're giving you everything they've got. Once you get past the ego, the entitlement, I've got to get mine, all that sort of stuff. Once you get past that and you have a shared mission, shared suffering, shared ownership, shared togetherness, and everybody's, and like, you can blow the whistle. You can have everybody stop. Everybody gives you eye contact. Everybody's like kind of yes, sir, no, sir type person. Everybody's listening to everything you're saying. Everybody then goes and everybody works at an A plus level in terms of intensity and commitment and desire that everybody's just, now you get better. And I say that the same way. If you're, if you're blowing the Steph Curry sale, but man, you worked your tail off and you deserved it, but it just didn't work out. Right. Then having somebody there with you to circle this back around to the point was, man, you, uh, if you have a leader that's there with you the whole time, Failure isn't our destination and you never do it alone. You could fail and whatever, getting Steph Curry as a client, but you're not doing it alone. We're in this together. If we're all working hard, if we all know our intent, our heart, and we can all count on one another, it's a different thing. Like, listen, here's what I'm saying on this particular point. You've got to deserve it. 
we I coached a player for a number of years that was six eight that could jump out of the gym and was really gifted athletically. And all he talked about was being in the NBA. I'm going to be in the NBA. I'm going to be in the NBA. I'm going to be in the NBA. I'm like, well, you're never in the weight room. You're never doing. Sh and I didn't say this to him. You're you're never in the weight room. You're never shooting. You're never. You know, your your grades aren't. Your commitment academically isn't great, right? And you're struggling to score five points a game here at an at, at a small college. Right. So like, I'm going to do it, coach, no matter what I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like, it's cool to have those dreams. He should have those dreams. But then you also your intent, your heart, your work, your purpose, you're waking up when that alarm rolls at 515. When the alarm rolls at 515, are you winning or is your bed winning? Right. So that was a thing. And so then it gets just frustrating. Right. So if you're trying to get the Steph Curry account, but you, so the, the idea is you got to deserve it. Do you deserve the win? And sometimes you deserve the win, but you don't. And it's okay. Like there's a phrase that we've used this year, and it's a phrase I've heard in my years of coaching is sometimes when we lose, we're still, we still win. Right? And I don't know what happened at Nike or Adidas or wherever it was, right? But here's the other thing, and I've got 646 left, right? And then we'll, we'll wrap this up about the three-minute mark. Um, what a great gift by my dad. Keep me on point here, right? Accountability, right? Um, so productive struggle. And the idea of this is, is really this, of what Coach K is saying is, we can't do this to our children. We've got to let them struggle. We've got to let them fail. We need to put them in situations where they cha they're changing their limits and they're limiting beliefs of what they're capable of. You understand if, you're, if you have kids and if you're driving to work listening to this, your kids can do anything. And you've probably said to yourself, if I could go back in time and be that age again, I would crush it because you know you're capable of that you would be capable of greatness. You know that you would eliminate distractions. You know you would have crazy goals. You know that you could, that the, the sky's the Man, if I could just go back to high school, I'd get straight A's. Man, if I could just go back to when I was a freshman, I'd be shooting every day and handling the basketball every day. Man, if I could just go back to when I was a freshman, I'd be in the weight room every day and I'd get, and I wouldn't have the distraction of a phone, of video games, of girls, or whatever it might be. I would stay locked in on whatever it is, right? And we know and, and I would push myself and I would and, and get to my next level of greatness, right? And, but we're sitting around and we have to make sure that we're doing that for our children. Now, we also need to make sure professionally we're doing that for those we're leading. But here's the other thing that he said. The productive struggle will create productive, productive results. Productive struggle. Productive struggle. Because I've thought about things that either I've went through or that I've seen my boys go through and my daughter go through where maybe it's not that productive. Because I'm sitting around saying, yes, I think there's a, uh, I absolutely agree to the fact of let, let me put my children in a situation where they struggle, but they feel they, it's safe. They know I love them. They know my intent. They know my heart. They know I care about them. And they know they're not going alone. And they know it's going to take two years. And they know it's going to take two years for a, a skill, or even if it's not an athletic skill. Hey, this, what you're doing right now is crazy good. And just imagine what that's going to feel like and look like when you knock it out of the park. And I'm here with you. And I'm here with you. Productive struggle. 
There are plenty of times that I'm sick and let them go through it. Let your team go through it. Let your people go through it. Even if you know, I had a friend say, come up to me and I would, I coach everything, right? When I say in terms of basketball, like I, I do, and maybe it's a fault. Maybe it's not. I like, I don't like coaching during timeouts and halftime. I, I, I like coaching throughout an entire game. If that makes sense, there's always ways to get better. Right. And so, um, the idea of like, it's halftime. No, I think you coach professionally. You're coaching all the time. Like I'm just not coaching at these prescribed times when everybody else thinks that's when you coach. Like we're, we're in this never ending loop of getting better and getting feedback and getting a perspective on how things could be better. Right. We're doing that. Um, and so like, you've got to let your kids. So it's the, I, but the thing is, is like, I've been in those situations where I want to take my kid away and have like, this isn't a productive struggle at all. This isn't the environment I want you in. This isn't whom I want you with. This isn't a struggle I want you dealing with because this is not productive. I get that. Right. I absolutely. But if it's something that, and I've got to do that. So I guess my point was when I, when I was doing a, um, working with some teams and a lot of athletes, like 40, 50 kids in an athlete or 40 or 50 kids in a gym as athletes. Right. And I would blow the whistle every single time. Correct. Blow the whistle. Stop. Correct. And I still do that. And I remember a, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, Jason Wells, who was a, a many times on my old episode of out from the cube, right. He'd come up to me and he'd kind of give me the feedback with, you know, not necessarily whisper in the ear th thing, but he'd come up to me and he'd be like, George, let them fail. Let them fail. Let them work it out. Right. And in my mind, I'm like, and, and maybe this is how, this is how I see it. I'm not saying it's right, but the idea of let them fail, they're doing like, I get that. I, I really do let them fail. I get that. And I think we need to do that with our teams professionally and athletically, but there's also the idea of, Hey, you're doing this wrong. And I can show you or give you a perspective on how to do it right. So when we train, when we do things, we're doing it correctly. Now, if you doing it correctly is still a C minus in terms of skill and execution, I'd rather you do it right. So that's why I kind of have a tendency to maybe overcoach a little bit, even professionally with, with the teams, right? But to my friend's point, George, slow down. Let them fail. Productive struggle, productive failure, productive results. Productive results, right? So that was, that hit me today. And, you know, I know we're, you know, 38 minutes in or so. My clock here says 117. I'm going to hit the stop button here in a, a minute, right? But I do want to wrap it up. Really, again, appreciate uh, uh, the things that hit you. I, I would say this to you all. Just be real open to receiving all the messages that are out there that are coming your way via social media, um, via whatever it might be, right? However you are consuming, um, however you are consuming, the content that you're interested in. Right. And I'm trying to pause this right now and it's not even there it goes. Okay. So like, where are you consuming this content and be, and just be open to these messages. Like, um, you know, the, like I'm always looking for leadership messages and my, like my mind and heart is always open to like, where's this message. And the young athletes that I work with on a daily basis, man, there's so many lessons there from, from these young, you know, 14, 15, 16 year olds, just crazy lessons. Right. And inspirational to me. Uh, on 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 how how these uh, young athletes are, these young men are, 
it's been really, uh, really good for me. Um, but be open to all that. And, and, and maybe just to put a plug here again for the podcast, really appreciate every, all the support that we've received. And if you could just do me two favors, just like this on, uh, like this on LinkedIn, when you see it, if you're on LinkedIn and that's how you're consuming this, or at least getting links to it, if you could like it on Twitter, that helps me as well. Cause I will post this to Twitter. Um, and then if you could, it really helps us when you can share it again, if you could share it retweet it, whatever it might be. If you could do that for us, it helps build the audience. Obviously you would know, uh, you, you would know that. Um, and it, it really supports this and we're going to be, let's see, episode five. We're going to be looking. The other thing I meant to say at the beginning of this, if you were interested in being a guest, please ping me on LinkedIn. Um, we're going to be creating a calendar here of people that would be guests on the program. Um, and, and looking forward to those conversations. Enjoy that piece uh, more than anything when doing a podcast. It's the idea of sitting down and having a cup of coffee essentially with guests and talking about team dynamics and leadership and personal development and how people like the best conversations we had on our old podcast were really those military. You know, we talked about, you know, um, military and West Point and Coach K and the Academy and all that. But that military, you know, we had a number of Navy SEAL people on um, just really good conversations on the old episode. So, um, but please share this if you can really appreciate all the support, uh, again, that people have lent to us and people are looking forward to this. People are subscribing to it and it's been an awesome experience to start the year. And again, 17 pages into the chapter one, if you're not there right now, if you've already cashed in say on day 10 and now you're a week in, and you're sitting around saying this is going to be the same year as 2022. We're only 17 pages in to a 12 chapter book, right? There's plenty of time. Just recalibrate, repivot, re-strategize, re, you know, rethink things through on priorities and goals and ambitions. And uh, what does this look like? January 17th, now 2024, right? What's the future you going to say to you right now? Man, I'd love it if the future me a year from now said, good job. Like that was really good and you did X, Y, and Z. And now you're, you've changed your belief system on what you're capable of and what you can do and what's possible and you're killing it, right? And you're not going it alone. You're not going it alone on your failures. You got people there that will be accountable, that will help you be accountable to it. All right, listen, have a great rest of the day. Appreciate all the support again. I've said that a number of times, but really appreciate it. Share, like, and comment. Would love to have a conversation with anybody uh, through, through the uh, social media channels. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day.